Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome to a very special episode of the Ninth Avenue Nine. I started this podcast over two years ago, and I have been badgering one of my two guests today about being on the show, and we found a good topic for him. Movies. But once we found that topic, our beloved rector wanted to get in on the action as well. Mm -hmm. So I want to welcome to this movie edition of the Ninth Avenue Nine, Father Pete Berg and the venerable Christian Ruck. Thank you, Joel. I think at one point we talked about video games too, but we didn't figure there was enough yeah, or comic books. holding for that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. movies, we'll try what the people do these days. So I think Christian has now been on the show like 19 times. <laughs> I um, really just want to be your co-host, <laughs> so I keep inviting myself on the show so I can feel like I'm the co-host. Yes, um, but this is Pete's first appearance, so well done. Welcome, Pete. Uh, I so tried as hard as long as I can. Yeah, you tried to hold it off, but I kept yeah, yeah, Welcome to the studio. Yeah, the studio. So uh, for this show, we we'll yeah, actually, I'm surprised we had the budget for this. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah what will what will the vestry say? Yes, yep. yeah. So for this show, we'll each be talking about nine favorite movies. Now, each of us had different processes about how we came to our list, but before we get to our lists, I did want to say a quick, like, sort of theologically nerdy uh, disclaimer. So movies can be a hot topic for some people, and some people find film and movies to be fraught with temptation and thorny issues and i don't yet know which films pete and christian pick but my guess is that there's either a filmmaker or a topic involved in some of these films which some listeners might not be the happiest with for whatever reason so keep in mind that we don't endorse everything in these films nor the people who made them and there's a wonderful theological term that has come to mean more and more to me with each passing year common grace Sometimes unbelievers will speak something in a more true and beautiful way than believers. Why is that? Gentlemen, why do you think that is? Common grace. Common grace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, all truth is God's truth. Yeah. We're made in the image of God. And I think as people are searching and, and seeking to understand life, they tap into deep truth. Yeah. And that shouldn't surprise us. And it's mystery, though, t sometimes, too, how close people will get. And you start to hear an interview with them or something. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how is this person getting closer to this than I ever have? Yep. It's a weird, weird thing. But it's grace. I love that about it. Um, so keep that in mind that we're all on a journey here and that God works in many different ways. We, we see through a glass darkly and there will be things in these movies which may not pass, you know, everybody's test in terms of a movie they would like to watch or enjoy so um what was your uh, process whittling down these uh, did you have a, a guiding force anything like that that was uh, you all can answer and then i'll talk about how i thought about it this was hard first i had to remember <laughs> what movies i've seen yeah which was harder than i thought it would yeah. be we started looking at lists of movies and like oh i remember seeing that movie uh, but then trying to determine favorite movie, I was torn between, are they movies that were Im like impacting mm -hmm. and, and things like that? Or are they movies that I want to like see again? Cause oftentimes the movies that are actually really like impacting, I don't really want to see it all that much again. Like Schindler's List. I don't really feel like watching that movie yeah. regularly in my life. Yeah. I leaned more towards what one's kind of like the whole like if I only had nine movies in the basement kind of thing movies I'd want to watch again mm -hmm. I leaned a little more towards movies I want to rewatch than ones that were just deeply challenging but those are often hard for me to remember I don't mm -hmm. know yeah I like maybe just the brain deadness of kids that you forget those things sometimes so we'll see What's yeah I did a little more movies that impacted me um, yeah I realized in working on this 
I don't like I don't actually rewatch movies a lot because there's always more movies to watch, you know. So I always feel like I'm kind of that way with books too, which I feel bad about because it feels like people often reread their favorite books, and I always feel like oh, but there's more books to read. So, um, so there are actually a couple of movies which I haven't seen for a long time. I'm like maybe they're not even that good anymore if I saw them, but <laughs> I know that they to revisiting to see how well they age. Yeah, yeah, but I know, but it, so some of these movies. Um, are ones I, I have seen numerous times. Others I maybe have only seen a couple times or even maybe once. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, no, I think I've seen them all at least a few times. Um, and so, yeah, but that impacted me or stuck with me um, or kind of, yeah, that time of life were really sort of important movies for me. So I definitely don't see this as like the nine best movies I've ever seen. Sure. So, but, I agree with that. Um, but nine movies that captured me in some way yep. and stuck with me. Yeah, that's, I would say... For me, two things I thought of. One, movies I've watched a lot, and the reason I watch them a lot is because of how much mm-hmm. they j- I just can continue to see them and love them. The other thing was um, if I remember the impact I felt like after the last shot, mm-hmm. that was another thing I used mm-hmm. to measure. Like I, There are a few thing, movies on here that I'll talk about where I can remember how I emotionally felt after mm-hmm. the last shot because of, how, because of the impact that the movie made. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, a few honorable mentions before we get into our list. Uh, you want to go, Pete? Do you have any honorable mentions? A few honorable mentions. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of potential. Oh, sure. Uh, the could, one this, I, could, this could last. The one time. I just kicked out of my nine was the original Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it should be in the top. It's not, in part, just because it's been messed with so much and kind of wrecked <laughs> and spoiled. Yeah. The original unspoiled might have been in my top Yes. top if I could have but that one's a big one that one is probably the movie that I mean even kicked off my love of sci-fi in some ways yeah. so you know mm-hmm. um, that one was a big one um, when we were just looking at various movies uh, uh, oh man there's so many Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. just because that was a really good fun and mm-hmm. heartfelt movie um, did you see Arrival? Yeah. yes that yeah. was such an interesting one if mm-hmm. I saw that one more than once it might have actually made the top great movie. list because mm-hmm. it's so fascinating and then uh I'll mention two more quick then, I guess. Few, I'm doing a lot. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind mm. was fascinating. Yep. Yes. And cool. I've only seen that once. I need to see it again. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of Molly's cause... favorite movies of yep. all time. Yep. And then um, Apocalypse Now mm. was lighthearted at the top. Very lighthearted. <laughs> but there's a weird family story around it in some ways. My dad was always, I was in a war movie kick, and he was always trying to have me find it, and he finally found it for me one time. Yeah. And so we were excited, and we watched it together. But it's such an interesting parable of descent into darkness and evil and things. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's not really one you want to watch a lot. No. But it was no. fascinating. Yeah. So. It is well. a fascinating one. Yeah. Marlon Brando's. Marlon Brando was yeah. creepy. And also, apparently, he didn't know any of his lines, and he just sort of yeah. made, he made, sure. up, yeah. made up yeah. the whole thing. And Martin Sheen, didn't he have, like, a nervous breakdown, and they just filmed it? He was, like, maybe yeah. he was on drugs. And but I know used, a lot of the stuff. Emilio he Estevez acting. in some of it. Or oh. the other guy. The other Estevez. Or whatever. They Charlie used, Sheen. They used his family members and stuff like that, mm. and brothers and stuff, for some shots because he was that, and it took forever to make it, and there was all sorts of problems yeah. around it. Yeah, but even the even like the, the, the way they use light and dark. So when you get to mm-hmm. Marlon Brando at the end, yeah, he's always like partially concealed and things. It was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while since I've seen that. What mm-hmm. about you? Um, well, so I I just realized I I kept one off of my top nine, so I'm going to combine it with another movie. So I'm going to cheat a lot. Um, uh, but yeah, so honorable mentions, I was thinking of like kind of like the best of like I thought of, okay, like what's the best Star Wars movie, which mm-hmm. is, you know, 
course, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Um, and so that needs a special shout out. So, um, best Marvel movie? I didn't include Marvel movies, but best Marvel movie? What's your. Winter Soldier. Oh, by oh. far. So, uh oh, maybe I gave something away that's on someone else's list, but <laughs> I always bring that up. Um, let's see. What was else was I thinking about? Best Harry Potter movie? I mean, I'm not a huge Harry Potter movie fan, but the best Harry Potter movie, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. By far. I so heard, much I've better heard, than, than the others. Yeah. We didn't even finish reading the books yet. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have all sorts of um, backup ones. Um, uh, I didn't really go for, like, greatest movies of all time sort of thing, even though... Um, but I really do, like... I love Citizen Kane. I've watched that mm -hmm. numerous times. And it really is a great movie. It really is good. Vertigo, um, Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, again, it wouldn't be in my top nine, but such a good movie. Um... Another one that didn't make it in, but I think deserves an honorable mention, is Almost Famous. Uh, oh, I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, maybe that's on one year old's list, but that one just yeah. um, is such a great movie, and I love that it's a movie about music and mm -hmm. rock and journalism, and, and uh, um, especially the, um, oh shoot, I'm going blank on his name, Le Leonard Leroy, the... Um, uh, the rock critic, played by Philip Seymour Lester Hoffman. Banks. Lester Banks, yeah. I just love the Lester yeah. Banks as a character. Philip Seymour Hoffman, wonderful performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read a lot of Lester Banks in college. Did you? So yeah, 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 yeah. So my roommate and I were really into reading Lester Banks. So. Cool. Well, hmm. that one, I that Mary, Almost Famous is one I've watched a lot of times. So, I mean, a few that I have written down here. Uh, Princess Bride, mm. Goodwill, <laughs> Hunt, Goodwill Hunting, mm. The Truman Show. Oh, so oh, yeah. good. The Lives of Others, mm, uh, the, the the Blue, White, and Red trilogy, Big Night, um, Lord of the Rings, Casablanca. Just they they made Lord of the Rings into a movie? They did, yeah. Wow. A couple, actually, Let's a couple times. Out. This is not the animated version. This is the <laughs> oh, Peter Jackson. I saw the animated version. <laughs> oh, I know. So that those are a few that I, I really thought about including, um, but just for whatever for reasons, I just kind of kicked off. Uh the um, the one I'll probably I, I would imagine Princess Bride I might actually hear about and I have included it in a sermon reference so oh, Princess nice. Bride is one of those that um, the one I'll talk about that's an honorable mention that kind of like is it used to be one we would it was a go to on youth movies uh, when I was in youth group in high school you you could watch that one because it was just cool enough and funny enough that everybody would like it and just clean enough that nobody was going to have a huge problem with it. And Princess you can Bride? still Princess easily Bride. watch The Princess Bride with youth and everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it still one. works out really well. It is it is pretty much a perfect movie, yeah. in my opinion. So. Yep. Okay, so... <laughs> can I throw out one more? Of course. No. Because I didn't include a time travel movie in oh, my top nine. Yeah. And I Best love, time travel movie? I love time travel movies. Do I love you? them. And so my favorite time travel movie, which I showed my kids a while ago, and they absolutely hated it, 12 Monkeys. Oh really? I only saw that once. I saw it in the theater, and it was I good. Loved I really monkeys. liked it. They they feel like Bruce Willis in every movie he's in is always just in pain the entire movie. So they obviously have not <laughs> well, seen. Well, Die Hard, he definitely <laughs> is. Yeah, so Die Hard, twelve feet monkeys. Are shredded up. Yeah. So anyway, so, uh, so anyhow, that's funny. Okay, that's so I don't have a plan here as to how to do this. So do we just want to do round robin one at a time? I was saying, um, do you want to do it that way? And I'll start. I think one person shares and the other two just like mercilessly totally insult that movie death. and talk about how <coughs> that bad funny. it is that that would be in their time. Or you guys share all the trivia you know about the movie that I don't because I think Ooh. you know a lot more Ooh, about that's movies good. than I do. Well, that sounds good. So. <laughs> how much time we got? We got three so I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the movie, the, the year it came out, and the director. Oh, man. Oh, I don't have on. any of that. I just have titles. 
No, I, Boo! I, I think I could do this the director. Point. This is the artist. I think I could do the director. I don't think I know the. I mean, year. I can search quick. I on might some be able to tell you, but that's what I'm doing. But you don't. Have, you, you all don't have to. The first one that I'm going to start off with, 1952, uh, "Singing in the Rain" uh, by Stanley Donen, a musical that I grew up watching it at least once a year. It was one of those that on the there was a local uh, a local. You know, broadcasting uh, local channel in Los Angeles that would play it every year, and we would watch it every year. Uh, have y'all seen it? Yes. No. You never seen it? Okay. No. So the first ten minutes are some of the funniest um, things I've ever seen on film, and then the rest of it is able to balance between. It is the the smartest, most plot consistent and plot uh, into in integrity plot of a musical i've ever seen the music goes with the plot very very well and the plot the satire of the plot is genius just you know for those of you who've never seen it it's about a couple of uh, hollywood actors who are silent film actors and they are trying to make the their first sound picture and one of the actors who's a, uh, the stars has a horrible voice I can't stand it. you can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. so and of course some of the greatest musical scenes uh, you know, the, the the title sequence is great i always i almost every musical number in it is just fantastic and so i can watch that one over and over. Love it. Joel, I'm not a big musical fan, but I will admit to you that it's a great musical. Yeah. Except there's like a painfully long kind of ballet kind yeah. of scene that, mm-hmm. that is Yeah, like the Broadway melody. Ba- yeah, ballet. so that yeah. one, if, as long as I can fast forward to, through that, I can watch that movie. <laughs> that again. was what I used to do when I was younger. I would always fast forward through that part because we did end up taping it at some point when all these yeah. years. <laughs> Nowadays, I watch it. I've, I have... Uh, I, I've grown to appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, it's definitely one when I was a kid I did not. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, it's very good. It's just, and it's so funny. Every it time is very I watch funny. it, I mean, the first. Danny Kay, right? Is it Danny No, Kay? Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor. Yeah, 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 I'm getting mixed up. Um, yeah, he is hilarious. And then. Yes. Um, I have no idea who that is. Donald O'Connor. I'm just going to uh, say that a lot. Gladys the Mule or something. What was, what was, the, what was, what was the, there was, he, he was in a group of movies about a talking donkey, I think. Hmm. I can't remember. I thought you were yeah, insulting someone. No, 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 no. No, but. It, I but it was a mafia and then Debbie person. Reynolds. Gladys Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> Debbie Reynolds was like. 18 or 19 when she made it. Yeah. So it was her first really big role, and that was the, the mother of Carrie Fisher, who yeah. ended up being Princess Leia. So that's there my number one pick. There you go. I love it. That's good. Like, that's your number one, like your first... That's my first pick. I didn't rank these. Okay. That's I first didn't pick. I have no musicals on my lists, because I am not a... Me neither. I don't think. Well, no, I do have a musical on my list. Well, there you Should go. I start with my musical? Sure. I will. This is always sort of my go-to when people say, what's your favorite movie? This has been my go-to. And then I had to rethink, is this really in the top... Um, but again, impact in me. Um, I still find it sort of a magical movie. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. Yeah. So, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the original, yeah. not Charlie, Willy Wonka with um, uh, Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and so who I just. Who directed that? Do you remember? I have no idea who directed it. So, yeah. um, but I, that one I have watched multiple times, especially as a kid. Um, and uh, yeah, again, I think probably. I mean, I just love Gene Wilder in it. And it's just you know, it's a it's a chocolate factor. I mean, it's just that's awesome. And, <laughs> and it's morality. I mean, it's a morality play. I mean, the children are tortured in terrible ways that are naughty <laughs> children. And and so I think the um, 
the sort of creepy, scary edge to it, I think, was part of what was so fascinating as a kid. It was like both sort of this magical movie, but they're genuinely disturbing moments. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, poor Augustus Gloop going up that uh, that pipe is really like upsetting. And then, of course, the, the boat ride. The boat the ride's tunnel. terrifying. And so, um, so I think that made it all the more like this is a kids' movie. But I mean, even the four grandparents like all living in a bed together is mm-hmm. so sort of dark. Which is Roald Dahl. I mean, he's just a dark. Dark Rider in the movie mm-hmm. captures some of that. So, um, yeah, and I like the songs in it. Um, the, you know, um, whatever, what's the main song? A Little Imagination or... Um, oh, uh, yeah, it's the Imagination. Yeah, anyway, I just love that song. It's a, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, that is one of the first movies I remember seeing. Mm-hmm. I remember we were, when we were, when I was five or six years old, there was a, a new, uh, new movie channel called HBO that my parents... Uh, oh, no. Thought, oh, this is kind of fun. Movies at home. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, you know? yeah. And one of the first ones on there was That's Willy great. Wonka. Yeah. I feel like I blocked out the fact that there were songs in that movie aside yeah. from the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of music but in there's it, a but little. yeah, yeah, he sings. He'll sing at you. Cheer up, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they dance around. They dance when the grandpa he, first starts to walk. You know, yeah. the big thing on the internet is about how horrible the grandpa is. Because he's been just lying in bed for years doing nothing, and then he just stands up and starts walking around. It is kind of, like, why is that poor mom have to take care of that? Yeah, really so so I mean, There's the a grotesqueness to the whole thing. There is. It, it's just like that. It's yeah. kind of rolled doll in general. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a disturbed guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. Okay, Mr. Pete. Oh, you guys are looking at me. Uh, I'm going to just pick This Is My Favorite Movie, and I'll start mm-hmm. here just so I can say it and get out of the way. Uh, the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan directed. Yes. I don't remember the year. Because I don't know those things. 2008. But was it 2008? Yep. doesn't feel like 2008. Christopher Nolan is a good director. He is a very good director. I like him a lot. He's, he did not he make is. my lesson. I'm sorry he I'm, didn't. I'm sorry. He'll be on mine more than once. Good. Um, but no, that he's, one... He's an incredible make, filmmaker. I mean, I'm a huge Batman. Batman's my favorite hero. Mm. But he tried to deal with Batman better than most have. But it was especially Heath Ledger's Joker, of course. Oh, yeah. But it's also... Liz was looking at my list and she's like, are these all action movies? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, but things like like that. Well, yeah, it's an action movie, but there's so much else going on and questions of of evil and chaos and what's going on in the world and how does Batman respond. I think what actually did it though, I still remember the ending. You talked about the ending of movies make you feel the end of the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's a great when ending. it's it's Joker wrecked everything and Batman says, "Nope, just blame me, and we'll be okay." Mm-hmm. And of course, Chris. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, what's his face? What's his name? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman has this narration. Yeah. He's the hero we deserve but don't need or whatever, whatever it is while, he says. Well, while, while Batman is yeah. riding on his And he's cycle, running away. Running and it's away. the whole Batman becoming, I will take everything horrible to help the city. Yeah. And it's surprisingly Christ-like. Yeah, totally. And so I, the first time I watched that, I was like, goodness. Mm-hmm. There's some amazing things. For it. And it still mm-hmm. stands up. And the performances and things, it's so... Yeah, that still give me chills sometimes. I saw that one and he makes on an IMAX. I remember the first time I saw that, it was on IMAX, and it was Ooh, I didn't see incredible. Yeah. yeah. Loved that one. Mm-hmm. Filmed in Chicago, too, so just so... There's so, so much Chicago. So much great Chicago yeah. shots. Yep, Lower Wacker Drive. Yeah, so. yeah, totally. And, you know, the practical effects actually make things happen, so, like, when they flip the semi over, they actually did they flip did the that, semi yeah. over, mm-hmm. things like that. So. Yeah, that is a... I recently watched that trilogy with my boys, and... They were pretty impressed with, with Dark Knight. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, number two for me. This was mentioned already in the honorable mentions. 
Um, I had to have a Star Wars movie in here. Um, too much of my imagination uh, has been has been informed, so it's The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1980. Oof, um, but if you had chosen a different Star Wars, that would have gotten... You been <laughs> yeah, the, fa- the, Phantom, the, Clones. the Phantom Oh, Menace, man, yeah. then it would have been like... Ooh, Prequel stuff, would have. I would have walked out. Yeah. <laughs> so, Empire Strikes Back, um, I don't know if I'll say a lot about it, because everybody's seen it. For, you know, and Director? Erwin uh, Kurt... Uh, Kinsler. Which is one of the reasons why it's good. Because George um, Lucas directs. Yeah. Screenwriter? A screenwriter, I believe, is Kasdan. Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan. Kasdan, yes. I, yeah, Lawrence that, that Kasdan, that's important. Uh, I do remember I, seeing this for the first I time. Something. I think I was. I think it was on a re-release in 81 or 82, so I was seven years old, and we went and saw it in the movie theater. The thing that... I wasn't I, born yet. You weren't born yet, yeah. The thing that will always stand out to me about this one... Uh, in spite of the fact that the whole thing is so good, is the ending. Uh, I yeah. feel like it yes. is a perfect ending to a second part of a trilogy. I, I can't think Which of a part better. of the ending. The end. Just the whole ending. Yeah, just the way the way um, the music. Of course, John yeah. Williams' music is amazing. The yeah. way that it comes to a crescendo when uh, Lando and Chewbacca are leaving the ship, mm. and Leia and Luke. With the droids are watching them go away into the, the they're out galaxy. on the edge of the galaxy. There, it's just exquisite. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and I mean, at this point, with all the tinkering and all of the things, now that we have nine hundred different Star Wars uh, films and yeah. short stories and serials, which a lot of them are good. I don't, I don't. You know, we just watched Andor recently, which was good, but nothing compares to the the composition and yep. the way that they were able to and it's hard to do and it's actually interesting to bring out after dark night which is also an amazing second part of a trilogy mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh probably if we're going to start talking about this you know trilogies those are probably the two best part twos and there's you know uh there's another one i'm thinking of that uh, is probably going to come up later for me so i can't say it right now but um it it's that's it i mean that's and i remember being scared by it when i was a kid too yeah. when luke is shrieking and when i remember my dad leaning over to me in the movie theater and saying i think darth vader is going to tell luke a lie here because he had seen it already oh. and the great you know the great moment the yeah. great plot twist my dad didn't believe it was true yeah. oh, so he's man. like i think you know but we don't so we were waiting for years to understand what's yeah. the deal with this huge plot just one of the best plot twists yeah. In movie history, that the, the actors, some of them didn't even, the actors didn't even know no. that, that that was the big plot twist. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I could go on, of course, about no, Empire Strikes Back, but that's it. Yeah, because, you know, the ending of Star Wars, the first one, it's a little corny. I mean, yeah. it's almost, yeah, and so then you have, you see the next movie and the ending, like, and you, I remember thinking, like, like when's Han Solo going to get mm-hmm. free? Like, oh, yeah. It's, he's, he's, like, encased in this ice, <laughs> and he's, like, and the movie's over, I couldn't believe it. I was, like... Wait a second, this is a sad ending. Mm, I was really surprised by it, yeah. Yeah, not a Hollywood ending, but yeah, just beautiful. All right. Love it. I'm going to follow up, Joel. You did a musical, then I had a musical. Yeah. You do a science fiction, I got a science fiction. What do you think of that? Okay. All right, uh, all right. You want to guess what it is? uh, It's directed by Steven Spielberg. Starship Troopers. Um, Close. (laughs) It's a Steven Spielberg, Uh, an early Steven Spielberg. Close Encounters? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, yep. Yep. It's been a long time since I've seen oh, that. I need to revisit it. it. Love that movie. I saw it in the theater and didn't 
had no clue what was going on. I was so confused by it, but I still liked it. But I remember afterwards, like, <laughs> asking my dad, like, what was that? My dad didn't get it either. It's kind of a confusing movie, especially at the beginning. But it just captured my imagination, and I've probably watched it three or four times since then. And my kids liked it, even though, again, it's, you watch it now, and it's like, wow, like, that's just 10 minutes of a spaceship. I mean, like, clearly, like, they were like, that's a really cool spaceship. Or now it's like, you know, I mean, spaceships are, you see them all the time, you know, so. But, um, yeah, I just, I love the storyline. I mean, it's actually, I mean, it's a terrible story. It's a guy leaves his family, basically, to go be with aliens. It's I mean, it's, it's not really good that you leave your children to go. Be with aliens. Be with aliens. But um, I even heard an interview with Steven Spielberg. Where he said, I'd never make a movie like that now. Like, that's mm-hmm. terrible for a guy to leave his family. <laughs> but at the time, he was young, and I don't know. But, yeah, so, I don't know. Just kind of, again, sort of a magical movie. Richard Dreyfuss in it is so, is so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know what else to say. Mm-hmm. I really it's been liked a long it. time and since I've seen it. It's a so. really, it's just a very well-made movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just classic Steven Spielberg, you know, kind of, again, captures family life. But it's got scary moments. Like, you know, there's a little kid that gets sucked up, you know, mm-hmm. into, you know, and I mean, later you learn he's fine. But it's scary yeah, when the mom that. is doing everything she can to keep the aliens from getting him. And so, again, it had that element of scariness to it, but kind of just a magical film. Definitely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the music to it, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, music that they kind of call the aliens with is just, it's just haunting. So. I will respond with a spacey sci fi one of my own. Come on now. I also. This movie's pulling a lot. Early on, we thought maybe we would do our, like, favorites for categories. And so mm-hmm. if I need a romance movie, mm-hmm. this was my romance. If I need an animated, this is my animated. Oh, boy. Sci-fi, Wall-E. Oh, Ooh. sure. Is this, it's one of those, especially, like, is it amazing in every way? No, but if for animated, I can watch that one an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And wall is so perfect. I guess he's the same, I just learned, uh, the same guy who did the noises for R2-D2 did yeah. Wall-E. And he did way more noises than you ever normally do, like three times as much to Wally to have all the things you might possibly need Ah. and stuff. But it's just such a sweet, fun, all sorts of crazy things going on story that just, I don't know. I was enjoying it. Almost could be a silent movie, the way they do it. And it stays that way for so long in the beginning. And it does it so well. It does, you don't even realize. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that was Pixar at the very height of what they were able to do. And so believably believe the little romance between Wally and... Eve? He calls her yeah. Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and when it was almost without words, just mm-hmm. through actions and through robotic facial expressions and things like that. So yeah. well done. It's just a really fun. lovely movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I agree. So. Yeah, me too. Can I throw out a Pixar one that was going to make in my nine that I realized I'd miscounted? Go ahead. Yeah, The Incredibles. I think that's yeah, that was, that was hard. I think that's my favorite <laughs> Pixar. But I do. Wally's great. Ratatouille, man. There was kind of that season. I mean, I still like Pixar movies, but those felt like some really, really good movies. Incredibles almost made it. Oh, it's a good one. All right, my next one 2001, Wes Anderson, Royal Tenenbaums. Oh. I thought uh, you were about to say 2001 A Space Odyssey. I thought 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, we were talking about exciting space movies, and you pull out the most boring, slow movie. Talking about 10 movie. minutes of a ship. I'll exactly, 10 minutes of silence. 45 minutes of a ship. Yeah, after 45 minutes of caveman. Now, a lot of people love that one. I know, yeah. I know. And it okay. is good. I totally uh, Royal Bombs. Royal Town Bombs. Royal um, uh, Wes Anderson uh, is a lot of adult content in his movies, just so we're clear on that, just as I was mentioning earlier about um, disclaimers. This one to me feels like his peak, uh, mainly because I love the story. I love the emotional impact. That's one I remember how I felt after the last shot. Mm. Um, great Van Morrison song at the end with 
everybody who is uh, everybody in the family, this is very broken to this functional family, all coming together at the end. Just a beautiful movie, and his the the director Wes Anderson's style. Uh, the more movies he's made, the more consumed he's been with his own style, which is great. But this one seems a little bit more grounded in reality than some of his other mm. less, more stylistic ones later. So great performance by Gene Hackman, wonderful cast, you know, Ben Stiller, Danny Glover, Angelica Houston, on and on. Just really great. So that would be my number three. Nice. Have you seen it, Pete? No. Yeah. I know you have. It's one of I those have. on the list of like, we want to watch that sometime. And we just yeah, I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not always, I can't always enter into the Wes Anderson world, but that one's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Juggles the tragic and the funny very well, too. Yeah, yeah. does that very well. Good. Uh, let's see. Number three, quirky... Quirky comedy? Let's see. Do I, uh, can I keep it going here to match you? <laughs> I can't keep quirky comedy um, going. I think if we call it quirky, eccentric comedy, um, Raising Arizona. Raising the Arizona, Cohen actually, Brothers. I had him I, I I on my, that'd be on my uh, honorable mentions. I don't know if I said it because okay. I was going through them fast. Yeah, yes. Uh, which one directed it? Joel, they both directed it, right? Directed they both it, direct. Yeah. yeah, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um, so many great Cohen Brothers <laughs> movies. Such I, a great I, yeah, so it was hard. I mean, I also, again, to throw out there, because it didn't make... No Country for Old Men is another favorite Coen mm. Brothers movie. That one's very dark, but I just... I love that movie, and I actually think it's, it has a strong moral message as much mm -hmm. as it's kind of a dark movie. But Raising Arizona, just I just think it's hilarious. I still just really... I just think it's a very funny movie. I love the way it's written. I like Nicolas Cage. I just have <laughs> a special place in my heart for Nick Cage, and he's so good in that movie, and um, John Goodman... Anytime you have John Goodman screaming in a movie, it's good. You know, and there's actually, there's a more obscure Coen Brothers movie, um, Barton Fink. A lot of screaming in that. Where he screams a ton. I guess he screams in um, Big Lebowski too, I think. So anyway. He's so a lot of Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, he screams in, um, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So there's a screaming John Goodman in, in, uh, in but uh, anyway. So, yeah. So funny. Um, and I, I find it, you know, the ending actually, it's, it's a hopeful ending. So, and I, I, uh. There's a lot yeah. of touching things. I think, there's a, I think there is actually a lot of meaning in that movie. I don't think it's just a silly movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no quirky comedies. Come on. I actually, personal confession, generally dislike most comedies I watch. Hmm. I don't know why. Hmm. Maybe they're too predictable or things. Or I don't know. I don't find them funny. So if I, was gonna pick, if I was going to pick a favorite comedy, this isn't going to come as much of a comedy, but the one I would have picked, and so the one that's on my list, is Zombieland. Mm. Because it's a comedy. <laughs> it is. So is that your pick? That's my pick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is that for Woody Zombieland. Harrelson? And... Woody Harrelson, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, right? Who directed uh, it? I don't remember who directed that movie. Either. They tried to make it into a, a TV show on Amazon once, but they didn't continue, and it would have been awesome because it was actually originally written as a TV show. So it's just, it's a little gory at points, which adds to the layers of intensity which I actually thinks makes the humor better mm -hmm. and it's just the perfect i like that kind of stupid silly nonsense humor of you know woody harrelson's character looking for twinkies <laughs> the cameo yes i think we can spoil that by now i, I think I, I know who's in it. i've never seen it but i know who's in you it. gotta watch it man it's good it's, for it the cameo is. Alone. It's, it's pretty good in that way it's quite hilarious and he was the only one genius enough to ride out the zombie apocalypse yeah by just pretending to be a zombie yep so so, zombies can't tell the difference huh? no hmm. interesting so but we aren't saying who it was I don't know who it is yeah I, I yeah maybe I'll, it's, I think I funny. do at least so 
that one I would just remember watching. I was like, that just just made me happy. Aside from it being horrible and dark, and sad. <laughs> a lot of people dying. The dark, the dark parts of humor made it work, and so that was, yeah. that's my only funny movie that made a list. And that's not that funny, but it was pretty funny in the ways it was. So, so my number four pick, nineteen seventy two, Francis Ford Coppola movie called The Godfather. Oh. Um, it, I was thinking about this because I've been watching a, a show, a couple of episodes of this new show called Yellowstone. That's on. It's yeah. on Peacock. And I was like, well, this doesn't seem... I, I mean, So far, the, the, the characters in it are so hateable and everything. And I was like... And I was trying to think through, okay, why is The Godfather not hateable? And this is. And I was trying to... I was thinking through that because the people in The Godfather do horrible things. It's a horrible, you know, a crime family. But I think what ends up making it interesting is the, the layer of the immigrant story mm. and the, the, the attempting to... To be this family that is trying to be American, is not American, is not seen as American by the establishment, but is doing their best. And even Michael's character, who has gone and fought in the war, World War II, and comes home and doesn't want to be a part of this old world mm-hmm. thing. And he ends up being... Isn't that part of, of what makes it worse is work as well, is that you watch Michael not wanting to, and then he yeah. has to? And yeah. So I mean, that's it. what makes... And then the second one, which is the other second part of a yes. trilogy, yeah, uh, is just horrific. I mean, he just... He ends up just completely yeah. um, just corroding. Killing uh, his family members and stuff, right? Isn't that what happens in the second one? Well, yeah, yeah there, that, that's one of the pl- central plot points. So, But as far as a story that... Cradle. That continues to draw me in every yeah. time I watch it. Mm. Uh, it is a brutal movie. It is definitely earns its rating. Uh, so if you are not into violence <coughs> and some other things, it's not just for you. But it is a amazing American story yep. um, that I can return to mm-hmm. um, all the time. So God I God. agree. Yeah. Did not make my list, but yeah. uh, I agree. Yeah, such a good movie, and you can rewatch it over and over again. So and it's long too. So the fact that you can watch it that many times uh, and it's that long is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and Marlon Brando is amazing yeah. in it. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. And Robert Duvall. I, I, I mean, that's the yeah. one person in that who he's not the star, but so good. Okay. Number four, Mr. Christian. Number four. Let's see a movie where people don't do nice things to one another. How about that? Yeah. What's, what's my connection? So this is actually now that you mentioned this it, is making it hard to go through my list. I have I have a lot of I actually have a lot of comedies. Um, this is a comedy. I believe you could call it a dark comedy. Um, Doctor Strangelove. Uh, uh, or love the. I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Yeah, um, this is a fairly classic movie as well. Some it is a classic. Stanley Kubrick. It's often listed in kind of greatest movies of all time. Stanley Kubrick. I've only seen that once. Um, I've only seen it a couple times. Yeah. And again, I haven't. I watched it with Aiden years ago. I don't think I've seen it since then. But Peter Sellers, who mm-hmm. is just very funny, so yeah. and, plays like um, eight roles in it. Or I think something. he just plays three or four in that one. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, he often plays a lot of roles. Yeah. Um, George C. Scott is hilarious in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a dark movie. It was definitely a Cold War movie. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen it? No. Oh, yeah, you need to. I you may like it. it. It's a comedy, but it's, it's a dark wicked comedy. Wicked satire. So, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, I mean, is it so funny? A lot of times, comedies don't age well. I think there are definitely moments so that I think are are funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a really interesting movie, black and white. I mean, it's just yeah. It has well one of the great filmed. single lines, gentlemen. You can't fight in here. This is the war room. Yeah, there's no fighting in the war room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, so I, yes. yeah, I like it. Nice. There you go. That's all I have to say about it. It's good. 
I'm not even going to try to follow whatever connections we have anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give you my second favorite movie of all time. Ooh, yeah. I'll give you the first couple in order. I did first was Dark Knight, the second is Inception. Mm. Also another Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan movie. Very yeah. good. So, and that's another one. Insane action, especially the layers of intensity yes. of the different levels of dream, but also surprising questions about reality and choosing mm-hmm. what's going on and what you want to believe and, and the ending that people can hate because it doesn't end and that's what makes it so good and so stuff. Good. Like, yeah. I was just watching a, I, there's a YouTube channel that I really like called Cinefix and they do all these different movie lists. You know, I have a thing for lists, as you can imagine. And they were talking about practical effects, the best practical effects in any movie. And, and they, they categorized the different effects. Yeah. And one of the things they did was um, any time that in movies, there's a, Fred, a famous Fred Astaire movie where he's dancing on the yeah, ceiling. Yeah, yeah, uh, And so they talk, and, and they were, that uh, motion control movement, the one they, they gave it to was Inception. Because that entire scene at the they end. Wrote, there, they built a hallway and built a hallway. <laughs> to, to, so great. To, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so great. Which made it, it work so, so well. You know what? We actually talking about Christopher Nolan movies. Dark Knight and Inception. It was uh, it's Zimmer, right? Hans Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. The music in those two movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one, the way it's played out and stuff, it adds so much to everything. Yeah. Same well. with Interstellar. The music in Interstellar is bracing. And Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's, it's it's the the old formula, old craft of movies in the sense of you need everything well shot, well acted, swell story, but music matters so much in them. So it's just this is awesome all around. Yeah. So. So my number five is a comedy. I have a couple comedies. This one is 1984, Rob Reiner. This is Spinal Tap. Mm. <laughs> nice. Um, 1984. That's from 84? So uh, again, oh, and one with a lot of bad language and a lot of innuendo. Uh, not just innuendo. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know they a, toured a, for a, a while. A satire, yeah, a satire that is unparalleled. Just, I agree. F- just genius. And the first time I saw it, there's a scene in it where they're interviewing the band about the different albums that they have, and he's giving the reviews of the albums. And I, there's those times when you're <coughs> laughing so hard that you're in pain that you cannot yes. sit up because yeah. you're. And I just, you know, like it was, you know, ju- and going through the different band members that the, f- you know, I think there's a line in there. It's like 57 different people have been in this band, you know? <laughs> mostly yeah, drummers. <laughs> yeah, and all the drummers who have just. Yeah. Just hysterical, and so and and a work of genius in that the whole thing's improvised yep. and great cameos in it, amazing yeah. cameos, songs that are disgusting but written exactly for uh, the movie that just fit the disgusting lifestyle of many rock stars, yep. and just put it on display and make fun of it. It is really really funny. That is a comedy I liked. Yeah, it's so, funny. Yeah. I agree. There was a funny anecdote from that. I remember it was a. Uh, one of my friends said at one point, when people our age start getting, or a little younger even, start getting into politics, it was like a guy in Congress at a committee meeting, he said, well, that would just be like having an amp that turns to 11. And everyone was like, what? But it was amazing, like, oh, nice. This yeah. guy. One of the funniest prop scenes in movie history, yes. too, with yeah. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Stonehenge, <laughs> yeah. In danger of being trodden upon by dwarves, yes. Number five, Chris. Okay, <laughs> let me. I'm gonna do kind of a combo here. Uh oh. Because it's hard to limit your movies to early Daniel Stern movies. <laughs> but you know, there's a whole category Breaking of early away. Daniel Stern. Do you even know who Daniel Stern is? No. Yeah, I do. He's the other Robert Home alone. There's Joe Pesci and the other guy's Daniel Stern. Yeah, tall. Yes. Guy. Yeah, yeah. 
But I have two Harry, different movies yeah. that he was in <laughs> early in his career. I, mean, I don't even know if he has a career. He's probably just counting his Home Alone money mm-hmm. at home. But didn't um, make that much Home Alone. Uh, oh, I'm sure he did. I, um, because both of these movies, I'm like, I'm going back and forth. One's pretty obscure called Diner. Yeah, um, Barry it was uh, Barry Levinson, yeah. early Barry Levinson. A lot of um, I've never seen that one, but oh, it's a great. I mean. Again, I thought it was great when I saw it in college or probably high school, maybe when I first saw it. And I just loved it. Very clever, well written. It's a bunch of guys just kind of sitting around in Baltimore like in the fifties. Steve Gutenberg, Paul Reiser, Paul Reiser, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, very early Kevin Bacon. Um, uh, who else? Mickey Rourke is in it. Mm-hmm. It's got a it's got a big cast wow. and Daniel Stern, of course, um, uh, is in it. And uh, that'd be the headline. Anyway, it's kind of yeah. There's probably some inappropriate comedy in it, but I just thought it was. Very funny. And it's a lot of them like just sitting in a diner talking. So it's kind of one of those movies that, at least in high school, I felt like I was cool because I liked edgy. it because not a lot happens. Yeah, not as edgy, but lot, very funny. I thought it was a very funny movie. And so, uh, but then. Um, well, I just have to know, was he a criminal in it? Because I feel like he gets kind no, of. He's like, a, a no, he's criminal. a good guy. No, yeah. well, he's actually kind of an unhappy guy. So oh. he's not really a good guy. Um, but he's he's very unhappy in his life. So um, it's too bad. Um, Is the other one in, in Indiana? Yes. And then the other one's Breaking Away. Breaking away. Which yeah. I thought of last night. I'm like, how? Do I not talk about Breaking Away? Again, maybe not a very well-known movie anymore. It's a good but, one. Um, yeah, about, it takes place at IU's campus um, in Bloomington, Indiana. About Kind of about their bike race, which is the thing they do every year. Um, I think it's called The Little 500, right? I, sure. I remember that. I've only seen it once. Yeah, anyway. But it's a movie about a bunch of guys. Um, they're cutters, so they grow up sons of guys who cut limestone. Or, mm-hmm. And uh, so there's kind of the rivalry between them and the college students at IU's campus. And, yeah. But focus on one character in particular who's really into bicycles and, and loves Isn't it. Isn't Dennis Quaid in it? Uh, yes, Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid is in Quaid. it. Yeah, and, Dan- and Daniel Stern. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah um, really I remember really liking it. Yeah. Paul Dudley? What's his name? Anyway. Yeah, it's good. So, there you go. So, those are two movies. Breaking Away, I definitely highly recommend to anyone listening that um, wants to just see a great movie. So Totally. Um, and Diner, I remember being good, but I haven't seen it for a long time. Mm. It's got some very funny lines in it. So. Cool. Uh, for my next, I will go to a genre we haven't touched yet. Uh-oh. A Western. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 310 to Yuma. Mm. I haven't seen that one. I liked a lot. Interesting. It's Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty simple little story of they accidentally basically catch the notorious outlaw played by Russell Crowe, uh-huh. and it's the like if you people will get him to the you know the train the three ten to Yuma, whoever will do it, we're gonna like pay off your debt, protect your property. The trains mm-hmm. are gonna run through all those things, and there's Christian Bale and his family, and they're struggling, and his wife's angry and bitter at him because he's failing everything and he kind of deserves it and and his way to like redeem himself and save his family is that he's the only guy really that ultimately goes through with getting him on the train uh-huh. and watching it play out it's intense there's surprising heartfelt moments it's a good western you know shootouts and all those things mm-hmm. um take some dark turns and things but it's just yeah i don't know it just works for me some stuff about fatherhood, you could say, in it, really? and redemption in some ways, and a lot of different stuff. So, oh, good. That's yeah. I think I it. saw I that when I had young children. I don't think I fully appreciate because I think I'd finally gotten them all to bed and watched <laughs> it. Too I was probably too tired. So I, I saw that one again. in theaters. Okay, so that's I good to know. I remember that. that so, thing. I would recommend it, especially if you like westerns. So, I for number six, I had to have a sports movie, <laughs> um, and I de- I bet you it's not what you think it is, though. Mm. I Hoosiers. Base, what it's, not a base, it's not a baseball We're movie. continuing Indiana. It is Hoosiers. It is! It is Hoosiers. Good for you! Uh, 
uh, Hoosiers is a movie I can watch. Gene Hackman's in it, right? Oh, yeah. Gene Hackman. Or Barbara Hershey. Barbara Hershey. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Come on. Wonderful it's role. Good. It Christian is. Rook. It is. Um, what? Such a great movie. Every time I can watch it. And it's got a, it's a great underdog story. It's a wonderful little story of redemption for Gene Hackman's character who had a troubled past. Yeah. Um, it captures winter in the Midwest extraordinarily well, and I can watch it over and over. I've always loved it, and it's just got a great, great ending and great everything. Hoosiers is an amazing movie. I love it. Good. Yeah, I was there for part of the film. So. In the Indianapolis, uh, in the uh, uh, Hinkley, scene, Hinkley, uh, in the Coliseum, where they're well, yeah, the, Hinkley Fieldhouse, which uh, is on the campus of Butler. That's where the final um, uh, game yeah. was filmed, and so I, I'm not in the movie, but I was there. <laughs> I mean, and they they like had like a place where you, they Christian like, played Jimmy Chitwood. They would the um, he, he sinks the jumper. Yeah, the like end. they would um, um, grease down your hair and make you look fifties like. Uh-huh. And so we were there uh-huh. for a couple hours. So I saw Gene Hackman we from afar. Being me and my friends. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. So they they wanted. Were you um, just extras wandering around, or were you? We like were just uh, sitting in people? the bleachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just sitting in the bleachers. Yeah, but one of the great like great uh, coaching moments in any movie that I see, sports movie was when he when he has them measure the distance between the yeah. free throw line and the basket, and then the the floor to the basket to say that it's the same distance yeah. as in your little gym, right. you know, back in Hickory. So, yeah, great. Yeah, movie. yep. I agree. Very good movie. Thank you for including that. You're very so welcome, I feel Mr. Mr. Hoosier. Um, where's my California movie that I have? Totally. I'm sorry, you said I almost don't. famous. That that works. L.A. Story is uh is a great movie, but I didn't include that. <laughs> but I should have. If I'd known you were including Hoosiers, I would have included L.A. Story. Um, I will do a sports movie though. Oh. Sure, you thought, oh, Christian, away Christian doesn't. Movie. Well, that's true. This is my second sports movie. Wow, look at you. Yep, British movie. Won an Oscar for best film. Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Love it. Uh, and that is one I've seen multiple times. I haven't seen it for a while, but I always just find it deeply moving movie. Obviously, you have... Um, a great Little. common grace line in that movie. About... Uh, about him running? Yeah. Yeah, when he feels... Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, though, I mean, he's obviously a very he's committed a, Christian. He's a devout believer. But yeah, he becomes, and, you know, becomes a missionary and is actually, actually dies in the mission Martyr, field. Martyr, damn. Yeah, yeah, Aww. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, have you seen it, Pete? No. Oh. I'm very familiar with it, but I've not seen it. Yeah, it's worth seeing. It's 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 good. Um, yeah, just a great movie. I mean, you've got two storylines. It's really neat how they do kind of the, you know, two different Olympic athletes and how their, their stories kind of meet at the end. Um uh, the coach, um, played by um, Ian mm-hmm. Ian Holm, is such a great character, and yeah, it's a really good movie. So, and again, very Christian movie, and uh, in some really beautiful ways. It's it it really upholds, um, yeah, the faith of Eric Little, but also other characters. Kind of their faith comes out, so. mm-hmm. and in a way that just really is is more than just sort of token. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, it makes it hard though, but if you. Because I'm a runner, and every once in a while there'll be like a race on a Sunday, and like one of the key things is he refused to run yeah. on a Sunday. And you're like, should I run in this a race on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. He's so, Presbyterian. Yeah. So anyway, Scottish Presbyterian. <laughs> Number six, Mr. Pete. Uh, I'll just pick this one for now. Christian mentioned this in his honorable mentions. It's my favorite comic book movie because mm. I think The Dark Knight's bigger than it is a comic movie. Uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Really? Yeah. It just, I liked that. I don't remember it being. That's interesting. It's both of your I should watch I mean, it again. It is good. I remember it's some of the best it. choreography of mm-hmm. fightings and combat. Maybe uh-huh. that helps because it's Captain America and he can't do crazy things like, mm-hmm. you know, shoot 
things and fly around in an Iron Man suit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. I mean, I already knew who the Winter Soldier was, so I wasn't surprised by that piece. But I mean, like, do you remember the, the elevator fight scene, for instance? <laughs> Love that scene. Yeah. That scene is amazing. But just in general, they played, they made Captain America into why is this kind of corny hero in some ways awesome. And yeah, he was. I agree. And he was trying to be good and figure things out, and they were willing to throw out things, and I don't know, just worked. It kind of reminded me, too, of like some 70, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Days of... Condor, Days of the Condor, Three like Days a, of the Condor, Three Days of the Condor, like Robert Redford, like it was kind of had that seventies like spy movie vibe. They, they killed really... some cool spy stuff to it. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so number seven for me, I have three left. One of them is what I usually refer to as my favorite movie. So, uh, but the other two um, are movies that I distinct remember. Distinct. Sorry, I'm going to get choked up. Distinct memories of looking at my wife after we she saw the last shot and being moved um one of them is 1931 charlie chaplin city lights Mm -hmm. uh we went on a i think it was a date after we were married but there was for many there the building is still there but in los angeles there's a silent movie theater and a young man young entrepreneur bought the place and hired an old organist to play organ during the, the and so for a while he was showing movies there quite a bit i think nowadays it's just for public private parties because it's just not sustainable enough mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um have either of you seen this movie mm-hmm. city i lights? don't think i've seen modern times i don't know if i've seen city lights is there a little kid in it no that's okay. the kid okay uh, well there's other ones with kids yeah anyway i don't think i've seen it um so children, children were rare back then. <laughs> you were hard to find. There one. were not many children. Uh, I can't remember the meaning. But anyway, it, it the, the the final shot of City Lights is film legend. It is beautiful final shot. I won't give it away because even though the film is almost hundred years old, I should never rob somebody of hmm. the final shot. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely movie. Uh, you know, <laughs> Chaplin plays his tramp character, and he. He falls in love with a, a, a young lady who sells flowers and who is blind. Um, and there are some hilarious, hilarious scenes in it because Chaplin's a master comedian, but also the heart of the movie. And I just remember looking over at Stephanie and, you know, just the, the, the look on her face at the end of the movie was, was great because it's a very touching uh, romantic final shot. Hmm. City Lights, number oh. seven. All right. Number seven, I'll do a movie I saw with my wife. Yeah. There you go. So I, I got a connection here. Um, she liked the movie. I loved it. Is uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, <laughs> I just loved that movie. Ennui. And, and uh, I don't know, again, I just kind of was transported. Um, I remember afterwards seeing it, I was like, we were like back in our kitchen, and I pulled out a cutting knife and I was like kind of holding it like the sword you know there's a sword and she my wife was kind of like you need to get over it like you're like too into that movie but how often somehow, does Molly use that phrase with you yeah probably you three times a day it. yeah 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 yeah. so uh, <laughs> but um uh yeah I just I don't know the way it's filmed I like the story just the way they fly around I mm-hmm. mean I just the choreography or whatever the the fight scenes I mean if they're even fight scenes they're more like dancing ballets almost yeah I just yeah so anyway really neat movie I've I've only seen it a couple times but I I really love it I don't remember being able to follow the story when I watched it I found myself so confused it's a little confusing at points and and so yeah you just have to enjoy it 
So, yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, I, there's I'm pretty sure I, saw, I was a teenager when I saw it, and I was not in a place. Yeah, there's definitely the theme of the young person sort of, you know, having talent but needing to be formed and shaped. Yeah. I mean, that that's the strong thing. But then she, like, jumps right. off the cliff at the end. Yeah, it's a kind of a disappointing ending. Yeah. Yeah, I think they made a sequel, but I heard it wasn't very good. I never even saw it, so. But Ang Lee is just, the composition of his movies Yeah, is yeah, he's, he's an amazing filmmaker. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that about the Hulk movie he made? Never seen it. Not so good. I'm not so good. I've never heard too much good stuff about no, it. No, so that I've was a stinker. I saw that in the theater. I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> Mr. I'm sure Pete, I saw that in theater. What's next? Uh, let's see. I have two trilogies making up my in my final three, so I don't want to just start with one. Oof. Probably pretty obvious one. Gotta have the Lord of the Rings in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so I had pretty no amazing. Idea. I didn't know anything about the Lord of the Rings mm. until I saw the first mm. movie. So that was actually. It's when the party's separate and Sam and Frodo are like edging over a cliff, and I'm like, man, they gotta wrap this up soon. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea that the ring was the focus of all three to that degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they're not having read the books several times now since, like, there's a lot I wish they could have kept or changed. Yeah. But they're just in, in fairly well done. Yes. I mean, I didn't see The Hobbits, but I mean, he just does a lot of good practical effect. Their, their yes. CG is good, their acting is good. You know, they just did a really good job with it. Absolutely. So it's just, they're just good all throughout in those ways. Definitely. And frankly, it's nice to have movies that are just, there is good and there is evil, and mm-hmm. the good, though it looks bad, is going to fight anyway mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. Yeah, those are amazing, remarkable achievements. Mm. So number eight for me is the movie that when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I always say this one. And I'm going to take slight issue with Pete saying something about George Lucas's talents as a director. He is. Because he, is. he directed he American emotion. Graffiti, and it is a uh, it is a great movie. That's like that movie. You don't like American Graffiti? I do not like American Graffiti. Yeah, it's I'm a shame. Sorry. I haven't it seen it for a long time, so, but... He, he directed it over like 28 days overnight every night in Modesto, California. Uh, it says California to me. And it's also that wonderful universal theme of, of losing your innocence, you know, leaving youth and figuring out adulthood. And it's set in 1962, so it's right before the 60s start. So these four... Mm. Main characters are all going through one last night before two of them go to college. And uh, it never fails to make me laugh because there's a lot of really funny moments in it, too. Um, and the key is, I think, is that George Lucas didn't write the film. <laughs> so the dialogue, I think, is actually he had a lot of help with dialogue. And there's a lot of really great dialogue and a lot of just genuine high school senior moments that I... I so. I still love it, and it's still one. I just showed my kids it a couple mm. years ago. They weren't as impressed with it as I am. Mm. Ron that's Howard? Ron Howard's in Ron it. Ron Howard's right? in it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. Well, that's right, of course. Um, he sees a, yeah. yeah uh, he sees Suzanne Summers. Suzanne doesn't Summers he? has a very brief cameo. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of Harrison Ford's in it. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. it's an early Harrison Ford movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you like about it? I just, Curious. I think it's, I think it's the. Um, Coming of age type stories, they kind of hit or they miss. And yeah. Like I just didn't feel any connection to them. Mm. Uh, in that sense. Yeah. Mm. So, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It was like at the time it was like the bet the the most successful movie ever made, because they made it for like ten dollars and it made like a hundred. <laughs> right. Million. Yeah. It was super and it was popular. Best picture nominee. That was kind of how he got to do Star Wars. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, they I were mean, like, we'll yeah. let this guy do it because yeah. he. Yeah. Like Twentieth Century Fox. They, because nobody would do Star Wars. Right. But 20th Century Fox said, we loved American Graffiti, so whatever you yeah. want to do is fine with us. Yeah. And so he made Star Wars. 
That's smart. So, yeah. They were smart. I'd say they were smart. Number eight. Number eight. Okay, this is a movie I have not seen for a long time, but I loved, loved it in high school, and I feel like I just have to include it to honor Steve Martin, who uh, <laughs> I just I love Steve Martin. Which Steve Martin movie? So, Roxanne. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, did he direct it? See, that's terrible. I no, can't even he remember. Didn't. He didn't he, direct I think it. He, he wrote, wrote it. Though. He wrote it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Roxanne, um, do you know <laughs> it's really, really good. No. It's it a is, great, it's, it's a, a really good movie. It, I just thought his character was so funny. It's a, basically a modern uh, uh, telling of um, Cyrano de Bergiac. So, uh, so um, Steve Martin has a very long nose in it. And, oh, now uh, I know of it. Yeah, okay. and it's, anyway, he's hilarious. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a delightful movie. Very funny. Yeah, and, very heartfelt. And very heartfelt. And again, sort one of those an I keep thinking. story too. Yeah, I keep yeah. thinking, oh, I should watch it with my kids. I'd probably. You know, I showed it to my kids a few years ago, and I think it was right after, um, I think they had either seen Cyrano de Bergerac. Okay, at, yeah. Like the children's theaters. All right. And. I just remember Corey thought it was amazing. All right, well, that's good I to know. See, so I need to rewatch it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. Hmm. There you go, Mr. Pete. Uh, I'll do my other trilogy, uh, the Jason Bourne trilogy. Oh Ooh, yeah, Matt Damon. Trilogy. Those Born are Identity is the first. Yes. Uh, that came at a big moment where, uh, like, with, I remember the fight scenes and stuff. For instance, they were tight and fierce, and it was very different from like the over the top older Bond mm-hmm. things and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. the mystery to it, he's trying to figure himself out and be a good person while also being the best of the trained killers and things like that. It just really works. Mm-hmm. Great travel logs, too. Oh, man, yeah. The, the all the different places they go. Be, yeah. They do all the best things you want, like yeah. good car chases and things yeah, yeah. for all those types of movies. But, yeah. Yeah, those it's are great. Also, I, I love all three of those. Those are movies that like really made me like, like Matt Damon a lot. Like, oh, man. So, yeah, yeah, they were good. I agree. Mm-hmm. Let me so my yeah. last one, I, I was mentioning about my wife. This one was the one with City Lights. I had seen it before, and I wanted to see her reaction to the last shot. But with this movie, we were, saw it for the first time together, and we were blown away by it. It was a movie. It was. It had come out. It was one of those movies that came out just in New York and L.A. Hmm. And it was a, a late in the year, you know, and before it had more wide release. Sure, sure, sure. And I read about it. It's like, okay, this is a, a Holocaust comedy. I'm like, what? That, that sounds horrible. And I went and saw this movie, uh, Life is Beautiful. Oh, and we mm-hmm. went to uh, West Los Angeles to one of the two movie houses that were playing mm-hmm. it. In, and... Um, Watched it and we looked at each other at, at when the credits mm. were, and it's like, that was amazing. Mm. That was amazing. That was so sad, yeah. but it was so amazing. And to this day, I mean, I I think that it actually probably has some more weaknesses than probably I'd be, you know, at the time I thought. Right, right. But um, I was mentioning earlier about Royal Tenenbaums, how Wes Anderson. Uh, juggles comedy and tragedy so well. Roberto Benigni, the director of this movie, came out in 1997, um, juggles comedy and tragedy in this extremely well. There are some moments in it that are hilarious, just drop dead, just comedy that are hilarious. And then there are just, and there's redemption, there's sacrifice, speaking to the Dark Knight about, you know, somebody giving themselves for mm-hmm. others in the face of this just horrific evil um and so uh and you know of course it kind of became more famous because of roberto benini's oscar acceptance speeches but i think sometimes we we just forget just just how lovely the movie is so that was my last one Mm -hmm. nice Mm -hmm. number Mm -hmm. nine good 
Um, uh, my last one, this is one I just thought of this morning, so I had to kick the Incredibles off for it. But I, I, I uh, and again, I haven't seen it for a long time, um, but um, really captured me, I've seen it a number of times, um, is Kenneth Branagh's Henry V. Yeah. Have you, have you seen it? I have no. seen that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, and I mean, you know, and especially certain moments in it, the, the you know, it's Band, been of, a while. Band of Brothers speech, and, uh, but yeah, and again, I, um, wasn't necessarily like a huge Shakespeare fan or anything. I'd probably seen a couple of Shakespeare's, but yeah, just a movie about courage and and he's just so great. He directed it. I think he was like in his twenties. I mean, he was very yeah, young, really young when he made it. Um, but um, yeah, just a great great movie. It also has Ian Holm in it. So Daniel Stern and Ian Holm are kind of at the top of the list of of <laughs> you know lesser known actors who show up. Derek Jacoby in multiple. Oh yeah, I mean Emma Thompson is is at the very end. Um, uh, she's Kate. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's a good one. I recommend it. It's worth, if you watch no other Shakespeare movie, watch Henry V. Is it full Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the play. Um, but, I mean, there are action sequences. And, yeah. Yeah, and again, a couple of speeches. It's not just are, like on a stage. Or so stirring. Stage. It's yeah. really, it's yeah. really, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that he was like, he was like kind of seen as a prodigy at that point. Totally, he was yeah. was so young and he had starred and kind of like Olivier did the same thing. I yeah, think. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it, it, it is good. It's been yeah, his Hamlet's good too, but that's like four hours long if you ever see Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. It I've seen it forever. once. Yeah. Yep. Well, my final one, um, because I was thinking especially about watchability and things, and it's it's actually, we're recording this before Christmas, though you mm-hmm. might be want, listening to this after. Yeah. Uh, this would be my family's, like my parents and ours growing up, my family's now our favorite Christmas movie. And it's the Christmas Carol, the one with George C. Scott. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just we watch it every year. It's, it's I watch that every the fun, year. Up. There's the fun like tradition around it and stuff, but it's just a really well done mm. version of the Christmas Carol. Mm. And George C. Scott is a really good Scrooge, mm-hmm. and all the different characters are amusing. And you have a lot of weird family jokes. My aunt thinks the ghost of Christmas present looked a lot like my dad, and that's not saying much because <laughs> he happened to have similar hair color and eye color, and if you looked at all Scandinavian, you kind of look like my dad at that point. So, <laughs> like, you know, but I just, I don't know. We always like it. I it's, love the uh, Roger Reese. He plays the nephew in that, nephew mm-hmm, Fred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is so good in that. Um, yeah, I, that was one we watched every year growing up, and oh. I loved it. It was it was originally a TV movie. It was, and we had recorded we it on VCR, and I, we watched it every year. That's a, thank you very much. Is that in that, or is that different? There's one there. There's some Scrooge movie where they sing "Thank you very much." No, very much. okay. No, there's no. All right, movie. see, there's I don't no, know if I'm. There's, there's no, no singing. All right, maybe I've never seen the George C. Scott. I don't think I've. Ever, yeah, it's, all right. It's really it good. Amazon. It's really good, and it's got a good cast, and it's the production value for the time for this is really good because they filmed it in. In a village in England, yeah, and so it looks authentic, and it's the first it's part scary when we were watching it with the kids. Well. Like I forgot for their age when Marley comes, like they do a really good job with him being pretty eerie, yeah, and scary. Well, and then the 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 scene that's in the book when he shows what's under his robe when oh yes the christmas present you know and it's just super creepy mm-hmm. so it's kind of got almost a horror and yeah, ghost of it. christmas yet to come in general um yeah right it's it. just but it's just such a yeah i'm with you there pete that mm-hmm. that would i should have put that in my honorable mentions that, <laughs> that is that is uh, that is a great one you know you haven't seen it I don't know if I have. Well, yeah, if I did, it was when I was a kid. I, I haven't yeah. seen it recently. 
All right. Well, if you're looking for a version of it to watch this Christmas, okay. It that way. I mean, right. it, it's not as good as the Bill Murray version, of course. Well, you know, I just <laughs> learned... there's the Muppet version. But I, 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 I just learned that one. The Muppet version is actually pretty good. Fine. Yeah, I, don't good I don't know if I've seen like that. Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael um, yeah. Uh, I just learned my daughter. I guess whenever we watched, again, she was probably too young to watch it, but I let her watch it. The Bill Murray Scrooge. Yeah. That that was like somehow she just loved it. I was like, would you want to watch again? She's like, no. I only seen once, and I just remember being the greatest movie ever so she's like i don't want to ruin it because it's I not really that good was it was it with bill murray was it taking itself seriously was it no no it was like a modern day like a dark Scrooge. comedy okay. yeah i mean it has funny moments it's not a great movie but it's not terrible. i didn't think it, I, I think i watched it a few years ago i was like eh. yeah 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 well thank you both for putting your list together it was fun to to share them and if anybody else wants to talk uh, any kind of art or movies with me go ahead email me joel at ofthecross.org and <laughs> they want to argue it. with us they want to argue challenge with us. our challenges choices. ask our theological justification for watching these movies mm-hmm. i guess yeah. yes <laughs> we can do that too so anyway thank you so much both of you and to those listening may the peace of the lord be with you <laughs>